Great show. Thank you. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, beloved, beloved, the Bible is right. We know the Bible is right. Amen. Glory to God. We say that every program because it's so, it's the truth, glory to God. And so we're here to proclaim the truth that the Bible is right, beloved. We're in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-six. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-six. glory to God. And in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-six, in the King James Version, it says, Be not thou one of them that strike hands, or of them that are sureties for debts. The Positive Thinking Bible says, Don't guarantee to pay, pay someone else's debts. If you, if you don't have the money, you might lose your bed. What is this saying? Glory to God. This is saying in the old days, people, in order to guarantee a loan, they would make promises guaranteeing their debt or someone else's debt. And then it says uh, you might lose your bed. People would, would put up all kinds of things as collateral to, for a loan. Amen. They, if they had a field, they would put the field up as collateral. If they had furniture, because back in those days, it's not like today. You can go to any furniture store and get you a bunch of furniture. Back then, that was not so. That was not so. If you had furniture, you had assets. That was considered assets, and you could use that as collateral for loans. Amen? Uh, the, the, the believer's commentary concerning this verse says, quote, shaking hands and a pledge here means to guarantee someone else's debt. It is foolish to do it. If you can't afford to make full payment of the debt, why run the risk of having your furniture taken out of your house and thus expose yourself to discomfort and shame? Glory to God. And what it was talking about is do not guarantee to pay someone else's debts, glory to God. So what is this teaching us? This is teaching us three principal things. Don't make promises. Don't guarantee someone else's debt. And no co-sign. Do not co-sign. Amen. The Bible says do not co-sign. Do not do it. Do not do it. Now, in Proverbs 6 to 
Go to Proverbs 6-2, beloved. Go to Proverbs 6-2. And in Proverbs 6-2, well, let's go start at 6-1. Proverbs 6-1. My son, if thou be surety or you're guaranteeing someone's death, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. The Bible says that if you guarantee someone else's debt, you're 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 snared. You're snared by the words of your mouth. Don't be a co-signer. Now, this was an interesting thing that happened to me. This is a very personal story. I can tell you about it. I can tell you about co-signing. I co-signed for someone once in the family. Uh, I knew enough of God's word not to co-sign for strangers, but I didn't. Uh, but this was family, so I thought about it and I said, "Well, I'm gonna make an exception because this is family, so I'm gonna do it." Amen. How many know that it doesn't matter if it's family or not family? If you go against God's word, I don't care if it is family, you're going to be in trouble. Just because it's family don't mean you're not going to experience trouble. So uh, so someone in the family needed me to co-sign. They were trying to get a car, and they just they were just so sad, and my heart just went out to them. And I just knew they were going to pay this loan. They're going to make those payments. And so I, and so even though I knew the Bible says don't co-sign, well, it was family. So I said, well, I'll make an exception to the rule because this is family after all. This is family, so I'll I'll make an exception. I'll co-sign. The worst thing in the world I could have done. The worst thing in the world I could have done. First of all. I thought I was co-signing for the loan. I thought I was co-signing for the loan. That was my understanding. But the people that were putting together the legal papers, they made me the main lien holder or the main owner of the vehicle. And the person I was co-signing for, because they weren't confident in his ability to pay, they made him second on the loan, but I, but when they wrote it up, I because what I did is I I co-signed. I went in the office, co-signed the papers, and I left the office. I mean, I was co-signing on the loan, right? So I co-signed on the loan and I left the office. Well, they had to they had to uh, do the title. They had to do the registration. They had to make sure the taxes were paid. They had to put in all the paperwork. So whoever did all that paperwork, they made without, I didn't understand, I didn't know this, they made me the owner of the car. Okay? Now, I didn't find this out till months later, months later, because, because the person asked me, would you please co-sign for the loan? So I said, okay. So I went in. And, I mean, this was a family member. So that's the only reason I made an exception to the rule. 
So I said, okay, co-sign it for the loan. So I signed the loan. But when they did all the paperwork, months later, months later, when something came up, I started getting letters from DMB, the Department of Motor Vehicles, and I'm wondering why am I getting a letter? I'm not the I'm not the, the owner of the vehicle. I'm a co-signer on the vehicle. And found out I'm the owner and 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 the person uh didn't make all the payments. So guess who had to make the payments? And then this is something I had no Listen to me. Listen to Pastor. You think that if you're gonna co-sign for a person, that 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 you're just co-signing the loan. What you don't know is, if that person that you're co-signing for gets a ticket, guess who the ticket comes to? Deep pockets. You, deep pockets. He got a couple of tickets. Guess who the tickets? were mailed to when they weren't paid. Oh, big boy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I didn't know. I just thought I was co-signing on a loan. I didn't know I was getting involved with all the vehicle stuff. I thought that the owner was involved with all that. I didn't know that that would blow back on me. But there was more misery to come that I didn't know. That's why God said don't co-sign. Because once again, not to be redundant, but I just want you to know, it. to my mind, I thought I was co-signing for the loan. Well, this person was in Virginia or another state. You could go to Texas because this just happened to me, oh, about eight months ago. We went to visit in Texas, and we rode on this beautiful highway. And you know what? That highway was strangely not packed, and I was just enjoying the ride. It was a couple of months later when I got this thing through the mail, and it said, hello, Mr. Williams. We're so glad that you used the express lane. And, uh, by the way, there's a, a fee for the express lane that you used. We got pictures of your license plate as you went through the, the terminal there. And you owe us X amount of money. I had no idea that I had even gotten an express. Well, this happened to the person I co-signed for, okay? They went up to Virginia, and they went to see a couple, a friend of theirs a couple of times. And I guess it was over a big bridge or a toll road or something. But all of a sudden, I start getting letters. Hello, Mr. Williams, how are you? You were in Virginia and you went through this um you went through this toll and um and so we just want you to know you owe us x amount of money and i i'm thinking what are you talking about i've been in virginia what are you talking about the per- i was the main person on the paperwork so they sent the the bill to the main person on the when they looked it up in the computer who who was the main person oh it was deep pockets the person who co-signed i had no idea that because my mind i thought i was helping the person i didn't know that i would get entangled with all the dmb stuff the register oh and then one time yeah thank you and then one time 
the person failed to pay insurance, insurance on the car. And I got a notice from the DMV. We're suspending your license for lack of insurance payment. What are you talking about? What is this stuff? Where is this craziness coming from? I tell you, I sat down and I thought, oh, you see, we think one way, but what we don't know is where all that paperwork goes. I had no idea. I had no idea that your that your name could be attached to this thing and wherever that went, your name went with it. And whose deep pockets on this paper? He is. So we'll send it to him. Even though this guy's driving the car, we're going to send it to deep pockets because he's got the money. So that's a, that's my tale of woe about co-signing. I thought it was one thing. I thought I thought it was I'm signing on a loan. If I'd have known that your name being attached to that car, that it was going to be more than just a loan. I was very naive. I thought they were going to just have it, me concerning that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The, the paperwork goes in. Your name is on that paperwork. And anytime they want some money, guess who they're going to send the bill to? Not the person that they judge don't have the money. They're going to send it to you, deep pockets, because you co-sign. Even when God's word told you not to co-sign, you thought, oh, I'm just doing this for my daughter. And, uh, oh, I'm doing this for my son. I'm doing this for my... Listen, it's more than just a loan. That's how I got mistook this whole thing. I thought it was just about the loan. It's more, I didn't know that it would be more than that. I didn't know how they would write up the paperwork. I didn't know where my name went and what data bank it went into. The only thing I was naive, I thought, well, I'm just, I'm just helping out a, a, a family member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, you better, I messed up. Don't you mess up. Don't co-sign. They're going to cry and they're going to look at you mean. You can help me and you refuse to help me. You better say to yourself, listen, this thing is more complex than I, than I, pastor told me. Don't get involved in all of these pentacles. Don't do it. I'm, I'm, the Bible tells you do it, telling you not to co-sign. But you grown, do what you wanted to, because you grown, Okay. Hold on, I'm up against a break. I'll be right back. You grown, you're going to do what you want to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. 
If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Beloved, we're in Proverbs 22, 26, and in the Positive Thinking Bible, it says, don't guarantee to pay someone else's debt. Don't guarantee to pay someone else's debt. Amen. And the Bible teaches in Romans 13, 8, it says, Oh, no man, anything but to love. Oh, no man, anything. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender or servant. In the King James, it says servant to the lender. In other verses, it says the borrower is slave to the lender. You don't want to. And, and, and to show you that that is the truth, I was watching this video about the banks and how they uh, marketed people to accept uh, uh, seven-year loans to pay for houses back in the 20s and 30s, and then 10-year loans to pay for houses, and then 15-year loans, and finally houses got so expensive they were costing $100,000. So then they had to come up with 30-year loans, and they thought that that was going to be the end all and the be all. And the man said, now, today in 2023, the banks are considering 40-year mortgages. It used to be 30-year fixed. Now it's considering 40-year and even 50-year mortgages. And the thing that really bothered me was they, the guy that was doing the video that was uh, – uh, uh, proving everything with statistics and all the stuff that he showed. He said the banks are calling us, they're calling us their debt slaves that will be debt slaves to them, paying them twelve, thirteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month forever for 50 years. And they said they'll be working for us. They're working for us. Now, you go in a bank and you get a, loan, a supposed loan for a house, but a bank, it's only a, a journal entry into a journal. But you've got to then send that bank $2,200 a month every month for 40 and 50 years. And they laugh at you, and they call you stupid. They call you debt. Now, I had heard that they call us the, the American people. I had heard that they call us debt slaves, and they call us how stupid can they be? They're going to send us two, three, four, five thousand dollars a month forever. And now they've got a new scheme where they're building houses not for you to own, but they're building houses for they're going to be forever rentals, forever rentals. You rent these houses. And the pitch is going to be to you, listen, you want to rent this. You don't want to own it because if you own it, if it needs a new roof, you got to pay for that. If it needs this, you got to pay for this. You got to pay for that. And they said the pitch to you is going to be, look, if you just rent this house, you just make one payment. That's it. That's all you got to do is make one payment. And in terms of your house, 
Everything is done. We take care of everything else. Oh, by by the way, you can never own the house. And if you pay for, if you live there 65 years, 70 years, that's okay. You just keep sending us the 4000 a month, the 1600 a month. The, you know, some people, because in New York City, the uh, I think the average apartment rental is $4,600 a month. $4,600 a month is the rental for an apartment. And so they want you to send them two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a month for 40 or 50 years, and you never own anything. They own the appreciation on the house. So let's say it takes them $80,000 to build that house because they're going to be the banks and corporations, and they're going to they're gonna build a couple of hundred houses. They're not going to build one house. So because they're building that many units, they can build a thing for maybe 50000 a piece. They just keep going down the road, building one after the next, after the next, after the next. But they rent it to you for $2,300 a month forever, forever. And then when that house appreciates to $1.7 million, they get all the appreciation from it. The million that you were supposed to get as an owner, you don't get it because you're a forever renter. They want you to be a forever, they call it, forever renter, and they want you to send them money. The banks want you, and they call you. I'm telling you, I had heard that that they did that. They called the middle class those names, but I never had it substantiated. But this gentleman, he substantiated. He says they're laughing at the American people. They're laughing at us. They're going to actually send us $4,000 every month for life? They're that stupid? Yeah, they're our slaves. They're, they go to work every day. They're our slaves because they got to they gotta get that money up. And where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? They, they got, they, after a while, they're going to be settled in. It's going to be, they're going to think it's their house. But as long as they send us that $4,000 a month forever. And see, that's a rental. So it's not a mortgage where the payment doesn't go up. It's a rental. So in a few years, your rent could go up to 4600 4800 5000 5500 and then let's say you've been renting that place for 20 years and you get to the place you just can't afford to rent anymore. Well, you have to get out. You're evicted. You got nothing. But you've been sending these people five grand a year, I mean a month, every month for 20 or 30 years, and you, kick, you can be kicked out on the street? Do you, do you see this, beloved? Glory to God. That's why God said, oh, no man, anything. Oh, no man, anything. Well, pastor, how do I get a house then? How do I get a house? The Bible plainly shows you how to get a house. It tells you to cash flow a house, to make it fit for yourself in the field first. It says make it fit in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, now listen, beloved, this is for you, the children of light. The people in the world, they're not going to have this wisdom. They're not going to have this knowledge. They're not going to know how to do it. 
they're going to sit around scratching their heads saying it can't be done. I feel sorry for young people. They can't have a house because they didn't come when we came. We, we, when we came through, houses were 150000 maybe at the most 200000 Now they're four fifty, five, six hundred thousand, 600000 And then at 8%, oh, you're kidding. You're kidding. You're kidding. And people have the audacity to say there's no way for people to be able to buy a house. Don't say that. Say you don't know a way for people to buy a house. Don't say there's no way for people to buy a house. Don't say that. The world is going to say that, but we're children of light, and we have the light. We have the light. And always remember, beloved, that there was light before the light. What do you mean, Pastor? And on the first day of creation, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Remember Genesis 1-1? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. He didn't make the moon and the stars till a few days later. This was before the moon and the stars were made. So where did that light God came from when he, at the beginning when he said, let there be light? Before he created, there was light in the world. The world is in darkness. They don't have no light. But you got light, beloved. Proverbs 24, 27 tells you how to do it. It says, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. And afterwards, build. Afterwards, build. Afterwards, build. What that saying? Do what you do. Start a store. Start a ministry. Start a hustle. Start a media company. Start something. It says prepare that work without. It's telling you God says I want you prosperous. And the way to do it is to get yourself together and start a business or start a farm or start something and have cash flow. And then when you have cash flow coming in like a flood, then you can turn around and build your house. You got the money. You can build it. You don't have to go to a bank and say, loan me $450,000 at 8%. At 8%. If you pay $450,000 at 8%, before the loan is paid off, you're going to pay them over a million dollars in payments. So you're going to give them the millions when God wanted you to have it. Don't say it can't be done. You, If you don't know how it can be done, just say it hasn't been revealed to me yet how it can be done. But God's word is so awesome. God is so deep. God knows the solution to everything. The, 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 the answer is in the word somewhere. I have to search for it in the word and find out how God says it. In the world, it says it can't be done. But that's the world's wisdom. They walk in darkness. I walk in light. How can I get it done? And then after reading in Proverbs, you finally come to chapter 24, verse 27. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. It's talking about your business, your ministry, your hustle. I don't care if you got to sell popcorn. I don't care if you got to sell used cars. I don't know. But whatever it is, whatever talent, start singing, start making videos. Start doing something so that you have cash flow. And then out of that great, you build that business up until you have great cash flow. 
until you have great cash flow, until you're making two or three million dollars a year. And when you have that kind of cash flow, I guarantee you you'll have enough. A four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, that'll be child's play to you. Where before it would have looked impossible because you got God's knowledge about it. You got the revelation of God from God's word. God's word makes it child's play for you. But in the world, because they're in darkness, to them, they don't know what to do. And they're scratching their heads right now. What can, how, well, people can't afford $450,000 at 8%. They can't afford a house $1.7 at 8%. They can't afford it. So the American people, them, they say, or they say this every the, the middle class is perishing. They don't have no money. Yeah, you don't have no money. You don't have no money, but don't you tell me the saints of God don't have no money. We got our powerful Heavenly Father, and we got the Bible, and he puts the answers in the Bible. The Bible has the answer. The Bible is right, and the Bible has the answers. All we got to do is find it. So we go to the men and women of God, and we say to them, how do we, how do we get a house? How do we get a house? Amen. And the women of God that have labored in the word will tell you, God's word says to do A, B, C, D, E. And if you obey God, you will prosper. By the way, that was the word this Sabbath day. Obey God and prosper. Obey God and prosper. I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to help you. God knows I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you answers that the world absolutely don't have. In fact, they say they don't know what the answer is going to be. They don't, they don't know what to do. They don't know. The, and, and they make this pronouncement. They say the middle class is finished. The middle class is over. They can't operate. Yeah, your middle class is over. God ain't said he got something for his children. Glory to God. He owns a, thousand, a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the houses. Don't you worry about it, beloved. God is going to make a way for you because he, in Christ Jesus, he's made you the head and not the tail above and not the knee. Glory to God. God Almighty is your God, and he got answers for you, and the Bible is right. I'm out of time. Can you believe it? I'm out of time. Glory to God. The Bible is right. See you next week. I love you. Bye-bye. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.